And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan. You'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Double Gaming 22 is done and dusted. There were some huge scores of 100 plus and some terrible scores like mine, just 50. The Bruno Fernandes captainers were the winners of the game week with a 46 point haul, while the Ronaldo backers had to suffer through the pain of just 70 minutes of action and a very disappointing 4 points. A big thanks goes to Ralph Ranić for saying last Friday that Ronaldo should be available for the Aston Villa game. At the time of recording, which is Thursday morning UK time, there's been no Double Game Week 23 announcement, so it looks like we could have a regular game week for a change with 10 fixtures. The deadline is Friday, 90 minutes before Watford v Norwich. There's a long break then until Game Week 24. The deadline for that is not until Tuesday, February 8th. So we've got two and a half weeks to take stock of the season so far and prepare for the final few months of the campaign. On today's episode, I'll go through the Game Week 22 shoutouts, do a quick Game Week review, update the watch list, answer Twitter questions, and discuss Game Week 23 captaincy and transfers. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, which I recommend doing so, use the following link, theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod, to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. There was no new members to the 59th Minute Club this week, unfortunately. I've gone through the minutes, as usual, of all players. So defenders first of all, Esri Konza at Aston Villa went off injured at half-time. We've got to keep an eye on that one. A lot of people are looking at buying Aston Villa defenders now, but Konza is probably their best centre-back, so hopefully that injury is not too serious. Emerson Royale, likewise, managed just 45 minutes for Tottenham against Leicester. Tarek Lamptey played just 34 minutes in the first game of the double game week against Crystal Palace. So he continues to not get regular starts, which I think makes Cucurella a better option. Rico Henry for Brentford played just 48 minutes on his return from injury against Liverpool. And then he came off the bench in the second game against Manchester United. At Everton, Seamus Coleman was taken off after 53 minutes for a zero-pointer, having conceded two goals. On to midfielders, Gundogan got just six minutes, not an option at the moment. Mason Mount only got nine minutes in the first game against Manchester City. Coutinho came off the bench to play 22 minutes and get himself on the score sheet. More on him later. Vlasic at West Ham was very close to joining the club, just about made it to 60 Eberetzi Eze at Crystal Palace got a rare start. He managed 65 minutes. And back to Chelsea, Ziyech and Pulisic both were substituted after 68 minutes in the game against Manchester City. And finally, two strikers 
Alton Edward at Crystal Palace, who's been having a pretty good season. He managed 65 minutes. So again, I don't like Edward but because he often gets these early substitutions. And finally, Mr. Cristiano Ronaldo didn't play the first game. 70 minutes in the second game. Threw a tantrum when he came off, as did all of his owners when that substitution happened. I was watching the game. Uh, Rashford came on. I think it was Greenwood who went off. And I, you could see... You could see Rashford and Harry Maguire on the sideline. You're thinking, right, one attacker's going to come off here. He's probably going to take off Lindelof or Varane as well, just to give Maguire minutes. Rashford came on. Greenwood came off. I said, great, that means Ronaldo gets 90 minutes. And then for some reason, he puts on Maguire for Ronaldo. A quick review of Double Game Week 22. The transfers I made in the ends, I was I couldn't figure out who to replace Son with last Friday. I went through a few options. I was close to going for Trossard. In the end, I settled for Rafinha. The reasons were mainly to leave cash in the bank for Salah in game 24. I also knew there was a chance that Rafinha would have a double game week in 23. Hopefully that will still happen. Um, I considered Bruno for a while, but I can't say I really strongly considered. I was never really close to buying him, so there's no regrets there really. So I sold Son for Rafinha. And, you know, Rafinha, a long-term pick for me as well. And, and should have had a lot more points at the weekend also, which was frustrating. I also got rid of Broja for Josh King, hoping Josh King would have the double game week. And, of course, that game was postponed. So that was a minus four that didn't go too well. At least Rafinha did get me something. Overall, 50 points. I think it was 54 minus four. My rank more than doubled, which is never good. 8K to 17K. But 17k is still a very good position to be in at this stage of the season with all chips and a wild card in hand. The goods and the bad. The good, Cancelo and Trent as usual, 11 points and 10 points. Jared Bone was 7, Rafinha 6 and Antonio 4. Antonio, 4 points you could argue is not good. But I always think if a player gets any kind of return, at least it's not a blank. The bad performances, Foster and King just getting one game and not many points. Alonso, what a disaster he's been recently. Double game week and he scores two points in total. Gets himself two yellow cards. Can't wait to sell him. Jota blanked as well. Hit the post, missed a big chance. Frustrating. Bernardo Silva came off my bench for a three-pointer. Also looking forward to selling him, most likely for Mohamed Salah next game week. And then Ronaldo captain blanked. So terrible, terrible game week. But one of the most important things in FPL is how you react to a bad game week. And I certainly won't be overreacting. I might even end up banking my transfer. A watch list update now. I'm going to go through the players I've added and removed. And then I'm going to go through the list of players currently on my watch list. So first of all, following double game week 22, players removed had a bit of a clear out. Quite a lot of these players had a double game week 22. I didn't buy them. And for that reason, I'm no longer interested. So Emerson Royale, I've removed because of that half-time substitution. I prefer Ben Davis and Regulon from the Tottenham defence now. I've removed Matty Cash as well because I favour Luca Dean from the Aston Villa defence. Kieran Tierney is gone as well because Arsenal have got two blanks coming up soon. So not a good time to be buying Arsenal assets. Ruben Diaz also gone because he was on the bench. And I prefer Laporte now for a little bit cheaper couple of double game week midfielders now gone. Trossard, Tielemans, Jorginho and Mason Mount. The Chelsea guys have got back-to-back blank game weeks in the near future as well. So I think those who have Chelsea assets will be looking to sell them now. 
Uh, they've got Tottenham next and then two blanks, and it's not a time to be buying them either. Lukaku's gone as well, as is Edward, because of those early substitutions. And I've removed Dennis from Watford as well, because I own Josh King, and I'm not looking to buy Dennis. Certainly not looking to double up on Watford. If anything, I'll probably be looking to sell Josh King in the near future. So a quick run through of what my watch list looks like at the moment. First of all, defenders. This is sorted by Price, Laporte, Regulon, Cresswell, Cucurella, Luca Dean, Lamptey, Ben Davis, Loughton. Loughton because he's got about 700 fixtures to play and 8 Nuri at Wolves. Wolves been very impressive defensively this season. Midfielders, Salah, obviously. Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes. Bruno's been much better in the last two games, so he's on the watch list now. Foden, Greenwood. Greenwood also looked better in the double game week. Coutinho, Madison, Gallagher, Elanga and Ramsey. Elanga's just 4.8 million at Manchester United. Very impressed with him in the last two games. Still don't think he's going to be a great FPL pick because he's got lots of competition from players like Rashford and Greenwood. Uh, and Ramsey at Aston Villa, who I'm going to talk about again in the question section. Forwards on my watch list, Harry Kane put up some very impressive numbers against Leicester. Got himself a goal and an assist as well. I think he might have had 10 shots in that game. Haven't gone back to double check it yet, but seen a few tweets to suggest that Harry Kane put in a very big performance. But most strikers do against Leicester these days. Calvert-Lewin, Watkins, Chris Woods, St. Maximin who is surprisingly the fourth highest scoring forward in the game this season, and Broja. Uh, Broja's been in and out of my team a few times now. Sold him last game week, but I'm sure I'll own him at some point again in the near future. Really like him as a player, and he's just a nice budget enabler. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Twitter questions now. Thanks as always to everyone who sent them in. I've picked out 10 of the best, which will cover the main talking points going into the weekend's action. Question from Sean. With some shrewd signings, are Aston Villa assets worth a consideration? Ramsey, Coutinho and Watkins, for example. Gerard seems to be building something encouraging. Yeah, so Aston Villa, I think, are going to be very popular. There's still a chance they get a double game week this game week, which hasn't been announced yet. If that happens, obviously... I think everyone's going to go after Aston Villa players with their transfers this week because not only would it be a double game week, they've got great fixtures for the next five or six game weeks as well. And even if they don't have a double game week, there's a good chance if I do use my free transfer this week, it will probably be on an Aston Villa player. So Sean mentions Ramsey, Coutinho and Watkins. I think they're right up there as possibly the three best. I'm going to throw in Luca Dean alongside them. Ramsey, 
just a fantastic young player, looks really good, always passes the eye test, and he's only 4.6 million. So he's a nice fifth midfielder who you can happily play in your team when they've got good fixtures. I think he'll get more attacking returns. Coutinho, I think it could take a bit of time for Coutinho to get up to speed. It wouldn't surprise me to see him on the bench again. And then maybe give me 24, which is quite a while away, gives Coutinho a chance to get up to fitness. Although I think he is going away with Brazil during that break. So Coutinho, I'm not in a huge rush to go there. I certainly think I will own him at some point from give me 24 onwards. So and Ollie Watkins, to me, he's never the most exciting FPL option, but he plays 90 minutes all the time. And, you know, he gets into good positions. He does a lot of work for the team. He's not as greedy as we would like as FPL managers when it comes to strikers. But certainly when he's got good fixtures, when he's got players like Buendia and Coutinho around him to create chances for him, and even the wing-backs as well, Watkins should get his fair share of goals between now and the end of the season. You know, that's the big positive with him in this season of uncertainty. He always plays um, as long as he doesn't have COVID. I think he missed out a couple of games a couple of weeks back, but that shouldn't be an issue now. So yeah, I do like Watkins, but I probably do prefer the midfielders. And I do prefer Luka Dean as well. Just We've had quite a few seasons of Luka Dean in the Premier League now. He's always been a great FPL asset, plenty of attack and threat. And now he's playing for a pretty good defensive side too. I think Aston Villa are on the up. In terms of the fixtures, Villa are top of the fixture ticker for the next six game weeks. The fixtures read Everton, Leeds, Newcastle, Watford, Brighton, Southampton. Doesn't get much better than that. So it seems like a good time to invest in Aston Villa players. So I mentioned four players there. And I think there's there's more you can throw in as well. I think Emi Martinez is a very good option now if you're looking for a new goalkeeper. And I also like Matty Cash. But I do think Luca Dean just slightly shades it for me. I think he'll get some of the set pieces as he did uh, in the most recent game week. So for me, if I had to rank them, I'm probably looking at Luca Dean number one at the moment. I think Coutinho will be my number two from game week 24 onwards, not necessarily this game week. And I still think Watkins is probably up there as well because there's still not a huge amount of strikers out there. So yeah, look at Dean, Coutinho and Watkins. But like I said, there's five or six options you can confidently buy from Aston Villa that should get you points over the next couple of game weeks. Question from FPL Shoreham. Is it better to focus on strong mid to long term transfers? For example, Manchester City assets or chase the immediate extra points from teams with double game weeks. Yeah, I think Manchester City, probably Liverpool as well, are probably the exception to the rule here. Rather than buying players who have a double game week, there's a very strong case to be said for just buying a Man City player or a Liverpool player instead in game weeks that you know some teams do have two teams. Especially when it's teams like Everton, you know, Brentford, you don't really want to be buying players from those teams because it's it's very short term. I would much rather buy, you know, a Man City defender or midfielder or, you know, Salah, Jota, Trent and these guys rather than double game week players. So I think I would focus on City players in particular this week and next week because the next three fixtures for City are so good. Southampton, Brentford and Norwich. I've only got Concello at the moment. And I feel pretty uncomfortable about that. Ideally, I would love to have three City players for that stretch. There's a temptation to wildcard, which I'll talk about in one of the other questions. For And that's one of the reasons. So yeah, ideally I'd be buying a second Man City player this week. But then it's, it's you know, do you buy Villa players or do you buy City players? It's, it's tricky this week. But certainly, do not rule out, you know, buying the likes of Laporte, Diaz, Foden, Kevin De Bruyne all of these guys and Liverpool guys over players who have 
extra fixtures to play because when you buy a Liverpool player or a City player, you plug them in and there's a good chance you're going to leave them there all season and they should deliver you plenty of points. So yeah, focus on those two teams in particular with transfers. Question from FPL Josh. Is it wise to sell Jota with a plan to replace him with Salah? I don't see any reason to sell Jota. Having such a good season, he's got 10 goals. I think it's about 1,400 minutes. Next four fixtures for Liverpool. Crystal Palace, Leicester, Burnley, Norwich. Crystal Palace is tricky, but they do concede goals. Leicester, terrible defensively. And then Burnley and Norwich are great. And then it's a blank game me 27 for Liverpool. So the next four fixtures before that blank are great. I would look to get Salah back in next week alongside Jota rather than going from Jota to Salah. I still think the Salah-Jota double up in midfield is a very good option. And I think what we might lean towards doing when Salah is back is maybe losing a striker and going with five in midfield because there's a lot of good options. And if you're going to have Salah and Jota... You probably want three spots for midfielders from other teams as well. So yeah, I would keep Jota for sure for the fixtures. I know he can be quite frustrating at times, but you got him at very cheap. Fixtures are really good. Plays for one of the best teams in the league. I would get Jota and Salah rather than one or the other. Question from FPL Rod. With Fernandez appearing to find some form now and Ronaldo looking more out of sorts, is it time to just ditch Ronaldo and return to our old FPL best mate from last season for a Bruno and Salah double up. Yeah, I don't mind this idea. I think Bruno did pass the eye test for me in the in the two games in the double game week. I mean, he's always going to pass the eye test if he, if he scores 46 points for captainers and he's not in your team. But I think the formation change is better for Bruno. I think it's better for Manchester United as a whole. And the results have been a little bit better. Performances have been a bit better as well. I did think Ronaldo was was pretty pretty terrible as an FPL prospect in those 70 minutes. To me, he very often just comes short, lays the ball off, you know, and then tries to get in the box. He doesn't really try to beat players anymore. And Bruno, you could see from from a couple of Bruno's assists, Bruno's got the legs. He can he can break forward beyond Ronaldo and got himself into good positions. So I do think. I know it's it's a small sample size, but since the formation change in those two games, to me, I think I would prefer to own Bruno now. You know, if I was on a wild card this week, for example, and I had to choose Bruno or Ronaldo on recent evidence, I think Bruno is the way to go. Uh, and, you know, I, I didn't really like that tantrum from Ronaldo either, although I don't think it will be an issue in terms of him starting the next game. It's never nice to see that really. So, yeah, Bruno for me slightly edges Ronaldo now as an FPL prospect and I don't mind people you know changing things up losing Ronaldo to get Bruno or what I might do is a lot of people are going to lose Ronaldo to get Salah back in which I think is totally fine even though Manchester United have good fixtures because watching that Brentford game as a Ronaldo owner it wasn't fun it's going to take a lot for him to justify his price tag given his recent performances you know he's really you know I was watching the game last night and 15 or 20 minutes in I was thinking right I need a penalty here if I'm going to get anything from Ronaldo. And that's not really what you want from a, a a big, you know, premium asset. Give me De Bruyne instead. Give me Bruno instead. Give me Salah back. You know, there's quite a lot of better options. Give me Kane even over Ronaldo at the moment. So yeah, obviously a very frustrated, better Ronaldo owner here. But I think everyone will agree whether you own Ronaldo or not. He just hasn't been great recently. Question from FPL Swanson. Would you be holding on to Everton assets with Duncan Ferguson now at the reins or look to the more attractive midfield options? I like the way this question was phrased. You would think 
Duncan Ferguson was was someone like Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp. Certainly not. Doesn't really excite me that Duncan's going to be in charge for a while. It it might help Calvert Lewin. I think it helped Calvert Lewin before when Duncan was in charge for a short term. Fixtures are quite good for Everton. Next four: Aston Villa, Newcastle, Leeds, and Southampton. When it comes to Everton assets, the only one I would keep is Calvert Lewin, and even then. If, let's say, Watkins gets a double game week, I would probably still do Calvert-Lewin to Watkins for, for the two games because Aston Villa are just a much better team than Everton at the moment. So Calvert-Lewin is the only one I would consider keeping. If you've got Damari Gray, he takes up a valuable midfield spot. So yeah, I would lose him. And likewise, if you've got a got an Everton defender lingering from the double game week, someone like Michael Keane, get rid of him and get a better option. Question from Josh. What to do with Antonio? Yeah, Antonio Antonio really is still living off his first three game weeks of the season. He's he's stayed in so many teams. He's been in my team all season. And it's there always seems to be a reason to keep him. And at the moment, it looks like fixtures. Manchester United next, which is not great, but United don't keep many clean sheets. West Ham will probably score in that game. But then it's the next three for Antonio. Watford, Leicester, Newcastle. Three good fixtures for attackers. Now, again, comes back to double game weeks. If Watkins was to get a double game week, I would probably do Antonio to Watkins in a heartbeat if I didn't have other fires to fight in my squad. And I think that's the thing with Antonio. It's very hard for Antonio to be the weakest link in your squad. There's usually other issues you have to deal with or you're either focusing on other teams that have double game weeks, maybe you know bringing in goalkeepers, defenders and midfielders rather than strikers. So Antonio somehow still survives and I think he's probably going to survive in my team a little bit longer as well unless some of these double game weeks force me to sell him even if it's for a minus four to get a double game week striker. So I think he's fine to keep because I think the fixtures are okay. Question from FPL Teach Mode Andy, who is selling Rudiger next week and asks, is a Man City defender the best replacement despite them not having any double game weeks? I think it probably is. I think the first place I would look to if I was selling Rudiger is Manchester City or Aston Villa. And it's quite hard to make a case against going for a City defender. The only tricky part is there's some rotation. So Cancelo is obviously locked in all teams. If you don't have him, go and get him. Then centre-backs, Diaz has seen a wee bit of rotation this season. Laporte seems the safest at the moment, but we know that can change. John Stones played in the most recent game. Champions League returns soon, which could see a little bit more rotation. So it's tricky, but I still think I would confidently buy Laporte now over Diaz because there's a 0.7 million difference. And when there's slight doubts over all three centre-backs... I would go for for Laporte at 5.6 rather than Diaz at 6.3. I would stay away from Kyle Walker. Don't think you can rely on that. So yeah, I think Laporte is a very good option. But I think it's quite tricky between, for example, Laporte versus Luka Dean. You know, Dean's got the extra fixtures, got very good fixtures short term as well. And you've always got that fear with Laporte. You buy him, he started the last seven or eight games, and then Pep beats Pep and decides to bench him as soon as you buy him. And then you're scratching your head. Do I keep Laporte? Do I sell Laporte? Whereas with Luka Dean... You buy him, you know he's going to play every game, hopefully. That's a bit harsh in my target, but I think Luka Dean will start every game. And he's got the set pieces as well. So it's tricky. I'm a bit conflicted this week. The decision's kind of taken out of my hands because if I want to get Salah for Bruno next week, sorry, Salah for Bernardo next week, Bruno's on my mind, obviously, um, I need to go cheaper. So I can't go Alonso to Laporte, for example. That would mean a minus four for Salah next week. But if I go Luka Dean for Alonso, 
I can get Salah for free for Bernardo game week 24. So obviously team dependent as well. But I do think Laporte and Luca Dean are probably the two defenders that I want most at the moment. Question from Take It Easy. Rafinha, Coutinho or Foden? Really tricky question. So all three look like really good options, particularly because the fixtures for all three teams are good. I bought Rafinha last week. I I would probably just about put Rafinha first at the moment. Good fixtures, another amazing performance in Game 22, and he's more of a secure starter than Phil Foden as well. So Rafinha just about first, Foden a very, very close second because the Manchester City fixtures are so good in the next three game weeks. And then continues third because of those slight concerns I have over his fitness. I think give him until game week 24, and then continue is going to be right up there with Rafinha and Foden as options. And this is, again, comes back to my slight temptation to wildcard. You know, I'd love to get Foden this week. I would happily go early on Coutinho and hope that he does start in game week game week 23. I think people will do that and, and those who do could easily be rewarded even if he only gets 60-70 minutes or if he gets 20-30 minutes again from the bench. We've seen what he did against Manchester United. He could add even more points in that game uh, you know, in terms of assists as well. So yeah, Rafinha just about first, Foden very close second and Coutinho third at the moment. But hopefully in a couple of game weeks time I will own all three. Question from Johnny. With no double game weeks announced yet for game week 23, are we better to bank a transfer this week if we can? Yeah, I think it's very sensible. If you're in a strong position this week to bank, good idea. Mainly because there's so much time between 23 and 24. Two and a half weeks, players travelling around the world, COVID, postponements. We should get, hopefully, a lot more information on rearranged fixtures. So if you can arrive at game week 24, when we're going to have a lot more information with two free transfers, to me, that makes a lot of sense. And it's something I'm going to consider as well. I've been talking about getting rid of Alonso for a look at Dean, but maybe I might be better banking and just play Alonso against Tottenham. Hopefully he gets more than one point for a change and then have two frees for a lot more flexibility in game week 24. Final question this week is from Dominic. Dominic says, our squads are very similar. How tempted are you to wildcard sooner rather than later? Dominic says he's got four or five players that need to go, Ronaldo being one of them. Yeah, it's obviously, I think if I was wildcarding this week, I would sell Ronaldo. But what I would say is don't let the Ronaldo frustration push you into a wildcard decision. You know, you're probably on tilt there if that is the case. You know, overall, when I take a step back, I think I can probably get to where I want my team to be with a couple of transfers, maybe one or two hits over the next game week or two. The big temptation to wildcard now, I think, is Aston Villa fixtures. And in particular, if they get a double game week 23, you'd probably get triple Villa. I don't have any Villa at the moment. I've only got one Manchester City player, which is Cancelo. If I was wildcarding this week, I would get triple City for their next three very nice fixtures. Probably Cancelo would stay. I'd be very tempted to get Kevin De Bruyne in as a captain for the Southampton game, Phil Foden then, or Laporte, probably as the third one. Another temptation to wildcard is if you're not in a great position at the moment to get Salah back, let's say you don't have cash in the bank. I've kind of been planned ahead, so I'm not too bad. But if you don't have cash in the bank, you can wildcard this week with a plan to get Salah next week. You can even get Salah this week and put him on your bench. Bruno Fernandes might tempt some people on a wildcard, given his recent performances. Uh, And like I said, Kevin De Bruyne is a big attraction there as well. But overall, when I look at my team... It looks fine for the game week and I still think there's too much uncertainty. I also don't like wildcarding into a week where there's a two and a half week break afterwards because 
you could pick up three or four issues during the break. So for me, I'm probably just going to hold off uh, and wildcard later. But I understand the temptation, and I wouldn't stop anyone from doing it this week. I think we're going to see probably quite a few of the top managers in the world are probably going to wildcard this week. I've seen a few talking about it, and I can certainly see the attraction to do so, especially if your team's a bit of a mess and you don't have an easy route back to Salah next game week. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Captaincy next for Gimme23. There's quite a few options. It seems quite wide open this week. I'm going to go through them. I think Manchester City is the best place to go for captain. If you've got a Manchester City midfielder, they play Southampton. Kevin De Bruyne, probably best bet if you have him. I do like the likes of Foden as well. Arsenal are at home to Burnley. Good fixture. Obviously, slight doubts about that one because Burnley have had so many games postponed. If that one gets postponed, obviously, Arsenal are not very good captaincy options. But people who have Martinelli, like myself... Saka, I think these guys are good captaincy options if it looks you know, very likely that the game goes ahead after Freddie's press conferences. Uh, quite tempted to captain Martinelli myself, actually, if that game goes ahead. Liverpool are away to Crystal Palace. Not an easy fixture, but Jota and Trent are always captaincy options. I should have mentioned Cancelo there as well when I was talking about Man City. I think he's a good captaincy option this week. Bruno and Ronaldo play West Ham. Hard to captain Ronaldo after that Brentford performance. Bruno confidence, form, so pretty good option I think if you have him. Although I think even people who have Bruno are going to be tempted to sell him for a Man City midfielder this week, which I think is fine because they've got a better fixture. Rafinha plays Newcastle, pretty good captaincy option there as well. He's currently got the armband in my team, so we'll see if that changes if I make any transfers or if I can be convinced by Martinelli. And Chelsea play Tottenham, so I don't love that for captaincy. Reading through these teams and reading through these options for captaincy, I can't wait to have Salah back and just captain him every week. I don't think I've coped well without him in terms of captaincy. You know, going Ronaldo last week didn't pay off. Life was so much easier when we were auto-captaining Salah. So I'm looking forward to having him back. 
Game week 23 transfers. I've got one free transfers. Obviously waiting to see if a double game week gets announced. If that does happen, it will change my plans. And you know, if, if Aston Villa have a double game week, I'll probably focus my transfers there. I'll get Luca Dean regardless, probably. But I might get two Aston Villa players if they've got a double game week. I think if the double game week was announced as well, I'll be a lot more tempted to wildcard. So let's see what happens there. Other options, obviously I can bank a transfer, which I think is very sensible. I could do Alonso to Luca Dean for free. Luca Dean is a player I want to have long term, so just get him in, get it done. And then that frees up the cash for Bernardo to Salah for a free transfer game week 24. Sounds good. I would love to have more City players though. You know, I would love to get Foden this week, maybe Laporte. So I might look at that as well. And then the wildcard, like I mentioned. In terms of the free hits, I've got two free hits left and I was looking at it again today. If I don't wildcard anytime soon, I'm pretty set on free hit 27 when Liverpool and Arsenal don't have a fixture because by that point I'll have Salah back, Jota, Trent, Ramsdale and Martinelli. So straight away from my squad, that's five pretty important assets ruled out. So I like the idea of free hit 27 because if you look at the fixtures and give me 27 for teams like Manchester City, I think Harry Kane has a good fixture. Manchester United, you know, could free hit Bruno in for a week. Uh, maybe Ronaldo as well if I've sold him by that point. There's there's decent fixtures to target and give me 27 on a free hit. So I like that for my squad. In particular, if you're if you're like me and you've, if you've got five or six players from Liverpool and Arsenal, give me 27 is looking pretty good for that chip. So, as always, it's going to be late Friday transfers for me shortly before the deadline. If you haven't listened yet, check out the Elite Manager Series Episodes 1 and 2 with FPL Heisenberg and FPL Salah. They're great. Salah had an amazing Gimme 22. He's now ranked 1K on course for, I think, his fifth top 1K finish. Check that one out. Heisenberg's is excellent as well. Episode 3 is already recorded with FPL Editor, and I will be releasing it next week. And there's plenty more to come as well. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator, visit patreon.com forward slash FPL general or just Google FPL general Patreon and you'll find it. For the price of a coffee, you can support a guy living his dream. Best of luck for Game Week 23, folks. And I'll be back to talk to you at some point before Game Week 24. Enjoy the break as well. The Athletic.